What kind of property is a good first real estate investment? Stick around. We're going to talk about that this week on Real Estate Revenue. Welcome to Real Estate Revenue. I'm your host, Paul Airy. And this week, we're going to talk about a question that I get a lot from people. Uh, new investors, people who have never bought a property before. What's a good first investment? That is a huge question. That's a very important question. It can make or break you as a real estate investor uh, if you get the wrong property. Um, however, with that said... Sometimes people put just a little bit too much thought into that, and it can actually keep them from getting started, and that's what you don't want to do. So the biggest piece of advice that I can give you is to start small and grow from there, and that's that's what we're going to talk about here is starting small. You don't have to go out and buy a big apartment complex. I know you hear people on YouTube frequently talking about how they started as a school teacher or a cop and a, you know, or an unemployed actor or whatever. And, and suddenly they own 3000 units. Well, you know, that might be possible, but if it were easy, if that was the way to get started for everybody, everybody'd be doing that. Everybody would own 3000 apartment units. So you have to look at what type of property is best for you and, uh, you know, how much, uh, what do you, what are your resources? What do you have to get started with? Most people don't have the money that it's going to take to get into that kind of deal, or they may not know the people that they need to know. Now, those are the things you can get over time, but starting off, if you've never bought real estate, don't know anything about it, haven't taken any courses on anything, uh, you might not want to start there. Um, getting it over your head is a, a distinct possibility on properties like that. And that's why there are good deals out there for people like me to come along and find. Because if somebody gets in over their head and they can't get out, they get desperate and they, they, uh, you know, they have to dump their property for one reason or another. So what kind of property do you want to start off with? What's going to give you the biggest bang for the buck and what's going to give you uh, the easiest entry into real estate investing? Now, most people are going to tell you start with houses, start with a single family house. I'm not going to tell you that because in my opinion, that is probably the worst real estate investment out there. As far if you're looking for cash flow, that is not where you want to go. So let's look at this one instead. How about single tenant office buildings or maybe two tenant office buildings? Very small office buildings. Now I know you're going to see a lot of things online. I looked I watched one today on YouTube. Guy named Ken McElroy. He's a highly respected real estate investor, partners with Robert Kiyosaki a lot on deals. And 
He's talking about how office properties are dying and are not the investment they used to be. However, he was talking about large office buildings. Uh, Small ones are still a decent investment, especially if you're starting out and you can get one of these single-tenant office buildings. Uh, My favorite kind of single-tenant office building to get is something that's around uh, 1,300 to 1,500 square feet. And if you can find an office building, if you can find a small office building that used to be a house that has been turned into an office, that is perfect. Those properties uh, are usually lower cost to get into and uh, will give you a really nice return. You'll find that there are a lot of those properties out there. Uh, You can usually find them on a busy street that used to be at one time a not-so-busy residential street with houses facing the street on both sides, and they've widened widened the streets. The streets have encroached on the properties a little bit, and traffic has gotten so high that they're not suitable for residential property anymore. They're not even, not really safe to get in and out as a house, uh, not safe to have your kids playing out in the front yard. So a lot of those houses get turned into office buildings. Some of them even get torn down and rebuilt as office buildings. I have owned those, two of them actually. My very first investment property was an old house that was turned into an office. It was a doctor's office. Uh, And I've talked about this on this show before. Uh, The owner died. I bought it from his widow, renovated it, uh, rented it to... Uh, a company that was uh, was a surveying company, and they surveyed oil oil field properties and uh, pipeline placements. And they rented that to use as their office and also as a place to live, which uh, took some work to get that done and to get it approved, but we did it. So that $100,000, approximately $100,000 investment, uh, turned into a $2,000 a month property. So that was an excellent return. Now, the other one that I bought was uh, a dentist office. The dentist had retired. It was a 1,300-square-foot or 1,350-square-foot building. It used to be a house, and he had turned it into an office building, turned it into his dentist's office. So I bought that and renovated it and made it my office. I kept it for myself. So those are excellent Excellent investment properties. Uh, that last one, I could have leased that for, I think, probably around $1,800 a month and uh, would have cash flowed about 800 to 900 a month. Those are low-cost entry properties, and that's why it's good to start out with those. If you don't have the confidence yet, uh, it doesn't matter if you have the cash. If you don't have the confidence to go out and buy a property. If, if, you're a, if you're a beginner and you don't know the ins and outs of buying commercial real estate, buying one of these small properties is the best way to go. You need to start with a win, and this will give you a, a nice win in your first time out. 
And that is always good for building momentum in your business and getting your business started. Now, these buildings, uh, what's really cool about this is you could spend $150,000, $200,000 on a house. You get maybe a six-month to 12-month lease. You get maybe $1,200, $1,500 a month in rent. You're going to clear about 400 The national average on a, on a rent house is about $400 in positive cash flow. And that's after you pay your mortgage payment, and property taxes, and insurance, and all that, and maintenance cost. Spend that same amount of money on one of these small office buildings that used to be a house. You're going to get more rent, higher lease rate. You're going to get a three- to five-year lease instead of a 12-month lease. You're going to get a triple-net lease. You lease that on a triple-net lease, which means the tenant is paying your property taxes, your insurance, your maintenance costs. And you're going to clear eight or $900 a month on a property like that. Now, you may not get one that good, but those are all over the place. It's, uh, it's entirely possible. And a single-tenant office building, a small building like that, has a lot of tenant possibilities. If you have a single-tenant office building, you're going to find... When you put up your for lease sign and when you start marketing that building for lease, you're going to get insurance agents, mortgage brokers, hair salons, psychological counselors, uh, chiropractors, dentists, doctor's offices, eye doctors, uh, any of those type of uh, businesses like that. They're going to be the ones that are come, going to come talking to you, uh, nail salons, uh, they're going to want that property. And these type tenants tend to stay forever. They stay a long time. Insurance agents uh, and mortgage brokers, they're going to want to be there for years. Same with hair salons. When you get somebody like uh, hair salons and medical offices and dental offices especially, it's hard for them to move. So once they get into a place, they don't want to move because it's very expensive. They have to do some modifications to the building when they move in. And if they move out and move to another place, they're going to have to do the same thing. They're going to have to pay for all those expensive modifications. So these are long-term tenants. Your three- to five-year lease could turn into 15 years easily. And, uh, you know, that's what you want. Uh, that is such a comfort to have a tenant that never wants to move. And if you ever decide you want to sell the property, number one, you have a long-term tenant with a triple net lease. It's not going to be difficult to sell. And two, your tenant is probably going to be your number one buyer prospect because they would probably at some point like to own the building. So if you ever decide you want to sell it, go to them first and say, hey, here's my price. I want to sell this. Would you like to buy it? I think we could make a deal on it. You could come out ahead if you bought it. So that's, that's one of the advantages of, of a small building like this. You could set your business up to get started so easily with a single-tenant office building. Not everybody wants to work from home. Not everybody can work from home. A lot of companies are finding that working from home does not work for them. 
They're finding that the uh, interaction between the, their their team members isn't working on Zoom. It's a great program. It's great to use, but in, in a lot of cases in uh, the company environment, that just isn't working. There's no there's no uh, there's a decreased amount of mentorship going on within the office personnel. Uh, they can't learn from each other as easily. Can't walk down the hall on and uh, stick your head in somebody's office and ask how to do something. Um, it's just not as easy. So a lot of people are going back to offices. Actually, the larger office buildings, we're going to do another show on that one. Uh, that, there's probably some opportunities in there, too, even if they have a high vacancy rate, uh, even if they're empty. There's, uh, there's some opportunities there, and, and uh, we'll do a show later on down the line on that one. Uh, but uh, um, start looking around. Once you know about this, now that you know you've got this in your mind about uh, houses that have been turned into office buildings, if you drive around, you'll be able to start spotting them. You can tell. I mean, if there's a, a driveway leading up to the to the office, maybe there's a window there now instead of a garage door, or maybe they've just paved the entire front yard and made parking out of it, and you realize you know, that looks an awful lot like a house. Well, it probably was, especially if you look around the buildings around it, and they all look the same, like maybe they used to be houses. Uh, and then you know, you'll start noticing that there's a lot of that out there. A lot of them might have a for sale sign in front of them. And here's the next thing. You may have a street in your town that is doing, like I described earlier, uh, traffic is getting really high. They've widened the street. People live in these houses, uh, and they're probably wanting to get out because there's so much traffic. Part of their yard's been taken away by the street. So sometimes you can go to these people and buy their house, and you can turn it into an office doesn't take a whole lot to do that. You'll have to go through some zoning procedures with the city. You'll have to get, get approvals for that. And chances are, if it's a high-traffic street like that, they're going to want to do that anyway. And they would probably be very happy to change that zoning to commercial for a lot of reasons. One is, if it's a commercial property, they're going to get more property taxes on it. And so they're gonna th- that's going to be a plus for them to turn a residential property into an office property, a commercial property, especially if there's an older person living in that house. Uh, in some states, like in Texas, once you hit a certain age, uh, you're exempt from property taxes, from certain property taxes. So if, uh, if you have a neighborhood full of older people, they're going to be happy to do that. You know, they want to let those people move out and increase the property taxes by changing that into commercial property. So there's an opportunity there. Keep your eyes open for that. You can make uh, make out pretty well doing that. Kind of makes house flipping look a little weak if you think about it. If you can turn a, a house into a commercial property, put a tenant in it, the value of it is so much higher than if it was just a house. If you have, uh, because as I've mentioned many times on this show, Commercial properties are valued based on the amount of income they generate, not on the neighborhood comps like a house is. So what else can you look for? Well, 
a lot of people are fixated on apartment buildings. And most people are fixated on single-family houses, but that's not a commercial property, and that's what this show is about. It's commercial property. So apartment buildings are commercial properties if they have five units or more. Small apartment buildings are a good place to start. Keep in mind you're going to have to manage a property with people that live in it. They're going to stop up the toilets. They're going to have plumbing leaks. They're going to have electrical problems, roof leaks, and that kind of thing. Uh, if all that stuff hasn't already been taken care of uh, ahead of time. Now, you have to have at least five units for it to be a commercial property. It, If it's uh, four units or less, it's a residential property. And it will be appraised as a residential property and it will be financed as a residential property. So when I say a small apartment building, I'm talking about maybe 5 to 12 units. And yeah, there are actually some 5-unit apartment buildings out there. So say around 5 to 12 units or even maybe up to 16 units if you find an incredibly good deal. Uh, now you're, you're getting into a much higher price than the office building, of course. But the return is higher and the lenders like these a lot better. So there is some advantage to, uh, to apartment buildings. Now, here's one opportunity that you can look into. When you're looking at these five unit and above apartment buildings, sometimes if you can find one that has maybe a high vacancy rate, uh, maybe one that has uh, needs some repairs, uh, otherwise known as uh, deferred maintenance, maintenance that has not been completed by the, the current owner, you can use that to get the price down. And a lot of times these buildings are owned by maybe people that live out of town or out of state. Uh, they don't want to keep up with them anymore. They're not worth it to them anymore because of their size. The buildings are small, uh, small number of tenants, and it's not necessarily worth it to them to travel out of state to come uh, take care of these properties or manage them, or uh, they'll have to have a property manager take care of it for them. So a lot of times it's... Uh, easier to get a good deal on these small apartment buildings. That's a great place to start. Now, another thing, if you do find a four-unit building, don't necessarily turn it down right away. Here's why. If you can find a four-unit building that has enough land with it to build more units, even if it's just one more unit or two, uh, then you might want to look at that. Because it will, like I said before, it will finance as a residential property. It will appraise as a residential property. And there's also some, if you're willing to live in one of the units for a while, if you're in a position in your life where you can live in an apartment unit for maybe a year, I believe is where it is, you can probably get HUD financing or something similar and then add on to the property. Or you can just get regular conventional financing. Uh, most banks that do commercial loans will loan on something like this too. And uh, right up front, just say, look, I'm buying this four-unit apartment building. It's got an extra acre. I can build another four units, another eight units maybe. Um, uh, what can we do with this? Let's do this. I want to add on to it, add value to it. 
boost the property value up. And if you can boost that property value up to more than their loan to value ratio uh, will allow for, then that's great for them. They're going to come out ahead. You're going to come out ahead. And uh, they're most likely going to be willing to do that loan for you. Those are some opportunities to get started. Those are fairly easy to get into. Another, uh, one more opportunity. If you have a business and you need a place to operate your business, if you're leasing right now or maybe you're, you have a home a business, you're running out of your home and you want to get out of there and uh, uh, get to where you're doing this in an office so that you're not working in your house all the time, which I can tell you from experiences, sometimes a good thing, but sometimes sometimes it's uh, it's best to have an office and get away from the house for a while to work. Uh, if you want to have your own place for your business, you can get an SBA loan. The down payment's lower and uh, uh, terms are a little easier. They'll finance it for a longer period of time and. Is as long as you occupy 51% of the building, you can do that through uh, an SBA guaranteed loan, and then you can lease out the rest of your building. Uh, if you can, if you can occupy 51%, and you can, it, this will work just like a duplex. If you, uh, if you uh, buy a duplex and you live in one side and rent out the other side, the other side will pay your mortgage payment. Well, it'll work the same way with a the small office building, if there's enough room for two tenants and you can occupy 51% of it and uh, rent out the other 49%, it'll pay for your loan payment. So that's another opportunity. If you're just getting started, think about these property opportunities. Start looking around. These are going to start, when you're driving through town, these are going to start jumping out at you. You'll notice them now. You're gonna From now on, you're going to notice these property types just because we talked about them today. And uh, you'll see these things popping up all the time. And then you'll realize how good an opportunity it is and how many of them are out there that a lot of people just overlook. A lot of investors don't want to mess with these because they're just not big enough for them. Great. That's a good opportunity for you. There's nothing wrong with owning four or five of these properties. If you get multiples of these over time, it's a good thing. But if you start small like this, build your way up, grow from the beginning, uh, build momentum with these smaller buildings, you will do well in real estate investing. So that's it for this episode. And uh, we'll be back. Uh, oh, yeah. Next, uh, I wanted to remind you, there's a free PDF for you. If uh, you want to go download it, it's at paulary.com slash six ways. That's P-A-U-L-A-R-Y dot com slash six ways. And that PDF is on the six ways you can make money on every real estate investment. We had an episode on that a while back. So go download that PDF. It's free. Enjoy it. Hope you learned something from it. Hope it gives you a lot of value. And I'll see you next week on this episode of Real Estate Revenue.